starting a new series today entitled Questions, Tough Questions. Before we go there, how many of you enjoyed Christmas Eve? I wasn't here last week. If you enjoyed Christmas Eve, awesome. It was an amazing time out there. I'm glad we have the privilege to do that. Um, we get to go out there again in February. Uh, however, it'll be a different mission with the Ice Festival. How many have been to the Ice Festival? All right, we will be out there February 16th through the 18th. I say we because I need you to be there with me. It's going to be cold, but we're tough. We do it in shifts. We are there in our uh, tent, hand out chapstick and hopefully dog biscuits. Am I going in and out? Gary, while I'm going through all this, why don't you come replace this battery and we'll see what's happening. I don't know. I felt like I was in a twilight zone. <laughs> but you can sign up online. Now, there's a slide showing it, but it's northsideweb.org slash icefest. And you can hopefully see that at different places, but you can sign up for a shift and go out there. Um, You're saying my head's loose? I said that. Also, this week, Medina Midweek comes back. So if you found yourself missing a few weeks uh, back in December or November, this is the week to recharge, get back engaged in God's Word. We'll meet here this Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, and continue through the book of Ephesians uh, during that time. There are a lot of people that are loaded with lots of questions. Questions about God that haven't been answered. Questions for God that we just don't understand. And it gets to the point that we wonder, can we really trust him? Can we really trust him? How many remember are old enough to remember the cartoon B.C.? Remember BC? I love BC. I used to have a whole folder of this. One of my favorites is the cartoon where he asked God for a sign. He says, God, give me a sign. And then out of the sky came. Here it is, right? We wish it was that simple, that God would give us signs. Lee Strobel is a guy that had lots of questions, lots of questions about God and for God. Most of his life, he considered himself an atheist. He admitted that he had not analyzed the evidence of God before coming to the conclusion that God didn't exist. He just summed up, thinking people couldn't be religious people. Then as he puts it, an unthinkable thing happened. His wife, Leslie, gave her life to Christ and became a Christian. And this thinking woman had all kinds of positive transformation happen in her life. So Lee, even with more questions, this prize-winning journalist set out on his own invest investigation to see if all this God stuff was true, and if God really did exist, and if you really could trust him. He put together two fascinating books that have been out for a long time, but I don't believe there are any books out there that top it. The Case for Christ and The Case for Faith. If you haven't read those, I encourage you to look those up, read those, because they will reaffirm a lot of facts about God and prove 
his existence, that he is exactly who he says he is. But can faith really stand up to reason? Is it possible to be a thinker and a Christian at the same time? Is God telling the truth when he says, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me? We're going to dig into this, and many of you I know are believers. I hope that you'll take notes and pay attention to this, because there are those in your circle who are not who can use this infor- you can use this information to better show them who God is and that God really does exist and why we should trust him. I want to present you with four pieces of evidence, very compelling, that point to the existence of God. These have helped me solidify my faith, also have helped me talk about that to others on how they can solidify theirs. The first one, we'll mark it Exhibit A, God makes sense out of the universe's origin and complexity. Say that with me. God makes sense out of the universe's origin and complexity. I mean, how did all this come to be? How did everything around us and all of its complexity, how did it begin in the first place? Was it just by random chance, without intelligent design, or was there intelligent design behind it? Charles Darwin, the father of evolutionary theory, speculated that non-living chemicals, given the right amount of time in the right environment, could randomly and accidentally develop themselves into living matter. Thus, there is no need for God in the equation. Time Magazine reported, Charles Darwin didn't want to murder God as he once put it, but he did. Can a person be scientifically sophisticated and still believe in the possibility of a creator God who can do the miraculous? Well, many more scientists see no conflict that a miracle-working God is responsible for creating and sustaining this universe. Nuclear physicist Hugh C. King said, my faith can be summed up, summed up in this one paradox. I believe in science and I believe in God. There is no way to deny the awesomeness of a creation who was put, to, who was put together by an almighty creator as you look around, an incredible designer. Look at the screen for me for, with me for a moment. What letter do you see? All right. Now, follow me. Does E move up or down right now? All right, good. Does E move to the right or to the left right now? That's true, it's my left. Does E get bigger or smaller right now? Larger or smaller? All right, you say, Jeff, why in the world are we doing this? Well, I don't want to give you an eye exam to see if you need glasses or not. But I want to point out to you that on a clear day, the human eye is so amazing that it can see easily see an object elevated 40 miles away. Now, what's ironic to me is I prepared this message like three weeks ago, and then I fine-tune it as I go along. But just past Thursday, I found out that I've got cataracts, and now I know why I can't see you. All right, so if you were to test me, I can't see an object 
50 feet away right now. But I was so stubborn that I've let it get to this point. So that's why sometimes when I'm looking at my notes, I go like this, I go like this. Well, evidently, I can't see. But the eye is miraculous. It's miraculous. Within a split second, that same eye can refocus on a single grain of salt on the tip of your finger, or it can spot a fake eyelash on your girlfriend's cheek. In a moment, it can do that. The refocusing capability of the human eye is something that has never been replicated by the work of man. That blows me away. Little trivia. How many shades of color can the human eye differentiate? Oh, you say six? Yeah, boy, a boy, way to participate. <laughs> Over one million. Over one million. Google it, all right? How is it, how likely is it that something that sophisticated, that something well-coordinated is more likely to be result, the result of an intelligent design or the, co- or the reaction of a cosmic accidental explosion of gases a few billion years ago. Charles Darwin, again, that great evolutionary father, wrote in his book, The Origin of Species, he wrote this, to suppose that the human eye, with so many parts all working together, could have been formed by natural selection seems, I freely confess, absurd in the highest degree. (laughs) Philosopher William Paley wrote, there cannot be a design without a designer. Paley points out, reasonable people look at a wristwatch and they wonder which company made it. Reasonable people look at a laptop computer and check to see if it was manufactured by Apple or Dell. Paley then wonders why reasonable people would look at a human eye or an orchid in bloom or an eagle in flight and believe that each of these marvels is a consequence of a random accident and inexplicable explosion in outer space that no one can intelligently describe or verify a sheer unadulterated chance deal. Paley would say, and I would agree, it takes a lot more faith to believe in an accidental explosion for the wonders of what we see around us in the world than to believe that an intelligent, powerful, divine designer is the cause of it, meaning God. One of my favorite little creatures in all the world is this little guy. They blow me away, the hummingbird. Hummingbirds are absolutely amazing. Did you know that a hummingbird can fly upside down, sideways, back and forth, forward, all different ways? Did you know that a hummingbird flaps its wings 100 times per second? Did you know that a hummingbird's heart beats 1,200 times per minute? It's crazy. Did you know that some hummingbirds have two two human-like qualities? They fly south for the winter, and the males only require three seconds to mate. (laughs) I just seen if you're paying attention. All right, sorry about that one. 
to think that a creation that remarkable is result of sheer chance, sheer chance is absurd to me. How much more reasonable is it to conclude that an intelligent creative designer was behind the marvel of a hummingbird, behind the miracle of an eye, and behind your life and my life? Imagine, Whitney, is your, your baby out there? All right. Imagine Whitney just had a baby within the last three weeks. It's a little, little guy. But imagine her looking into the eyes of that little newborn baby right now. Look at her, Whitney. Look at him. And say, oh, my, what a lovely collection of random gases you are. Yeah, right? It's, it's not going to happen. That's not what the baby is. It's an absolute miracle creation of an almighty God, an incredible, intelligent designer. The Bible shares in Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. Why? So that men and women are without excuse. Without excuse. David wrote in Psalms 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. You want to say there isn't a God? Just look around. Look up. Look up. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice, voice goes out earth their words to the end of the world i agree with lee strobel who wrote time magazine was wrong darwin didn't murder god he just couldn't read god's writing exhibit b trusting in god believing in god makes sense out of our moral value system read that one with me it makes In each one of us, there is a moral value system woven into us that says something is right or something is wrong. They say, oh, it'll sometimes say, oh, yeah, that's good, that's right. You'll look at something and think, man, that's, that's wrong. You'll hear and you'll think it's unthinkable that a 15-year-old freshman would pull out a pistol and shoot a 14-year-old this past week in Cleveland, if you watch the news. Nick, how does something like that happen? What makes that happen? But then how do we know that it's grossly evil? How do we know that something is wonderful and other things are good? How do we know how to do that? Because we've got it woven in here. By the God of the universe, he's woven in our hearts good and evil to know the difference. Dr. Bill Craig said, if there is no God, then reality is just a matter of personal taste. Something like saying broccoli tastes good. Well, it tastes good to some people, but it tastes bad to others. And to say that killing innocent children is wrong, that would also like 
an expression of taste. Well, I don't really like it, but you might like it. We know that something's not right. By our own experience, we know that crashing a plane into a tower is gross, extremely gross, a gross evil. But we also know running into that same blazing tower is a noble thing to do. How do we know the difference if there is no God? We don't. We don't. Because God has woven it in our hearts. Exhibit C. One step further, God makes sense out of our capacity to choose love. To choose love. Not only do we have woven into us to be able to discern between good and evil, we also have the capacity to do loving things. Without God, love would just be this chemical reaction that happens randomly. But we know it's not. Every time you and I choose to love, it is a choice. Well, where does that choice come from? 1 John 4, 7. Read this with me from the screen, please. Love comes from where? God. We can choose to love God. We can choose to love each other because there's a God that wired us up to love. But here's the kicker. He gives us free choice. Free choice. So to love requires a choice from us. And love can't be forced. Love must be chosen. God created us in the beginning of time with free choice. If my wife, Brenna, all right, if Brenna, stand up. Here he comes. All right. If my wife, Brenna, come around, had a, a string, like one of those strings with a big hoop on it right here, and I, and I went, and I pulled it, Every time I pulled it, remember, the string goes back in. I pulled it, she says, I love you, I love you. Oh, Jeff, I love you. Right? How much would that mean to me, right? It'd be, not much. It'd be like a puppet saying, I love you, I love you. Oh, I love you. But if we are together and she looks at me and I don't pull the string, and she says, Jeff, I love you, which would mean more? that she did it on her own. It's a choice. Now, along with love comes risk. Having free will means I can choose not to love you. I can choose to hurt you. People will say, okay, well, why didn't God make a world where no one would get hurt? Why do bad things happen? Why do we suffer? We'll talk about some of that next week. But God didn't make the world like that in the beginning. But once God chose to create human beings and give them free choice, it was up to them to choose evil or good. God gave us free choice, and if he wouldn't have given us free choice, we would have never known what authentic love is. 
it would have never been real. The human race chose to reject God all the way back in the beginning. And that's how suffering entered into our world. But free choice demonstrates God's desire to have a love relationship with us that we must choose. We must desire. If we're going to blame God for anything, we need to blame him for giving us free will and a free choice. I mean, God gave me a hand. God gave you a hand. Look at your hand. Look at your hand. You and I have the power with this hand to pick up a gun and shoot someone, or we have the power with that same hand to wipe the tear off of an innocent child's cheek. It's our choice. God gave me a mind. I can cloud my mind with alcohol. I can get behind the wheel of a car and I can take the life of an innocent person. Or I can take this mind that God gave me and I can use that mind maybe someday to come up with a cure for cancer. It's a choice. God's given me, God's given you free choice. And he doesn't force us down either path. Now he guides us by his word, by the scripture, by the Holy Spirit. He can guide us but the choice is still ours. Peter Kraft, the author, wrote, God did not create evil and suffering. Now, it's true that he did create the potential for evil to enter the world because that was the only way to create the potential for authentic love. But with our free choice that brought the potential into reality. One more. Exhibit D. God can be personally known and experienced. God can be personally known and experienced. And to me, this is the greatest evidence of all. Because I've seen hundreds and hundreds of people's lives turned upside down. Over this world, billions of people's lives have been turned upside down by the amazing grace and the amazing love and the amazing power of an almighty God. If you're in this room right now and your life has been transformed, your life has been changed by God's amazing grace and God's amazing love, please stand. Let's give God a hand, right? And I just want to stop right here. We got a new song that's all about praising God, and I just want to celebrate him. Uh, And for those of you that may still be having doubts, just listen to these words and hear us celebrate our almighty God. Let's sing together. Sometimes you gotta dance through the darkness, sing through the fire, praise when it don't make sense. 
Sometimes you gotta stand down the giant Worship from the lion's den Sometimes you gotta shout it from the mountain Louder in the valley Trusting that he's gonna get you there Sometimes you gotta welcome the wonder Wait for the answer Worship with your hands in the air I'll praise you anywhere Praise, give him praise, give him praise In the highest Praise, give him praise, give him praise In the highest Sometimes you gotta praise in the prison, cry out to heaven, shatter the door swing wide. Sometimes you gotta stand on your shackle, brave in a battle, worship with your hands. I'll praise you anywhere. Praise, give praise, give praise in the highest. Praise, give praise, give praise in the highest. possible to sit in worship and look around and wonder where do they get that why do they have that praise inside of them why do they have that feeling of God's presence in this life I just don't get it I'm here to tell you that's okay. 
But I'm also here to tell you to listen to what your creator says. My creator says. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Revelation 3.20. What's that mean? What well, simply says, God wants a relationship with you. God wants to get to know you deeply and love you deeply. And he wants you to trust. You know, I found out it's easy to love some people. It's easy to love people that you like. <laughs> it's easy to love people that love you back, especially those that love you back. But what I've come to understand, wow, even more and more these days, is our love is conditional, isn't it? The world's love is conditional. And I praise God that his isn't. That God loves you, God loves me in spite of us. In spite of our habits, our hang-ups, our multiple failures, God still gives you and I unconditional love. And it's my unspeakable privilege to announce to you that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've come from, no matter where you find yourself today, you matter to God more than you think you do. Way more than you think you do. All you have to do is open up your heart and trust. And I know that there are people, maybe even in this room today, who have heard words like that, but still have never experienced the love of God. Hear me. You can hang out at an airport all you want, but until you get on an airplane, you'll never feel what it feels like to fly. You can dream about the ocean all you want, but until you go to the ocean and feel the sand between your toes and feel the waves crash against you and smell the salt in the air, you'll never know what the ocean is about. And you can come and sit in church year after year, sing the same songs year after year, hear the messages, read the Bible, read books, but you ne can also never experience a love with God without knowing him personally and giving yourself to him. God would say to you, come on, taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to have a personal relationship with you. Lee Strobel, that former atheist, wrote, Based on how God transformed my life, my attitudes, my relationships, my motivations, my marriage, and my priorities, through his very real presence in my life, I have to say miracles like manna from heaven, the virgin birth, the resurrection, well, they're child's play for a God like that. I've weighed the evidence a long, long time ago, I weighed the evidence, and I chose to believe. I chose to trust. I chose to walk with a God who wants to love me just the way I am. I pray 
that you would do the same. And I also pray that you would be able to bring people along with you so that they too can experience this love of our amazing God. Father, we pray to you, thanking you, God, that we can have a relationship with you. God, that you saw fit to choose to allow your son to come into this world and that he chose to die for us. God, what an amazing, amazing sacrifice, a gift, amazing grace. And God, if there's someone in this room today who has weighed all this and maybe heard it fresh for a first time today, and God, they want to give their life to you, God, let them come up as we sing this song. Let them come up to somebody along the side after the service. But God, we pray, I pray that everyone in this room comes to make the choice to follow you, to have a relationship with with you through your son, Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. And everyone said...